quick Bible quiz. First person to Psalms 33:12. Somebody look it up for me. Whoever read, whoever gets there, start reading it. Psalms 33:12. Let's see if my memory is working. Amen. That's a great verse. Great verse. Blessed is the nation whose God is Yahweh. We're not talking about a Chinese God or a Muslim God or a Hindu God. We're talking about blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, Jehovah, really in that verse, Yahweh. As a matter of fact, uh, the Jews so revered the name of God and the name for Lord, whose God is the Lord, Yahweh, they would just, they would shorten it. And Yahweh, they would just say, Yah. And uh, sometimes, and even in English, they just uh, abbreviated. They felt so unworthy to say that name. Uh, and that's just a great verse that was on my mind to share with those young people. And <clears throat> I appreciate Caleb for helping me with the illustration of the flag. And I thank the Lord to live in the United States of America uh, again. Thank you for being here. I know it's a busy summer. Joshua chapter 4, what have we forgotten? Matter of fact, there's a country music song. You can let me know who sings it after church. Uh, have we forgotten the day those towers fell? Uh, and all the other things. Have What have we forgotten? I think about... The children of Israel, that was a big thing to God. What do we teach our children that they don't forget? There are some things we find in God's Word you and I should not forget. Look with me quickly in Joshua chapter 4. And I just want to read verses 6 through 9. Now this whole story covers uh, the whole chapter 4. And the first verse of chapter 5, and then I'm just going to pick back up on what's happening. They're crossing the Jordan River, going into the promised land. And this says, as they're going there, they prepare two memorials. And I'm going to talk about memorials in just a second. And uh, what have we forgotten? What is a memorial so you don't forget? Dude, we just got through celebrating Memorial Day. Why? So we don't forget people who gave their life for our country. Uh, before I read, I had a chance, uh, I think it was, I don't remember what year we went to Wichita, Kansas for the National ABA meeting. We were coming back through with Karen's family. We went with Karen's sister and Jason Abair and, and their bunch. And then also Karen's brother, Michael Wilkes, and their bunch. We were coming back. And we said, how many times are we driving past Oklahoma City? Not very often do I get by Oklahoma City. So we went by the federal building that's not there anymore. And uh, the fella... I don't forgot his name, but anyway, the Oklahoma City Memorial, where the fellow drove up there, parked the uh, rider truck, I believe it was, and it was full of explosives, and blew up men, women, and children 
there at the Oklahoma City. It is a fantastic memorial, and it has chairs. I think there were like a hundred and thirty-seven, or maybe it was two thirty-seven. I forget. One hundred thirty-seven deaths, and and all of those chairs overlooking a pool of water. That's solid black. It looks like it's a thousand feet deep, but it's only a few inches deep. A beautiful memorial, and each chair is adult size for the adults, and each chair is child size for the children that died in that. But what is it for? A memorial to remember that people who were uh, employees and their children that were in the nursery of that federal building. And how they died because they fell with terroristic mindset. They are planning on erecting a memorial for the large, the biggest attack on American soil. It used to be Pearl Harbor. Over as close to 2,000 deaths. The number went on American soil. The number went over 3,000 with the 9-11 and that was an attack on American soil. Now, more Americans have lost their lives in other places. But as far as an attack on American soil, the largest number of lives that were ever lost in an attack was is now 9-11, previously Pearl Harbor. <clears throat> um, think about another one. I've never been to Washington, D.C. Taylor put out that essay thanks to Mr. Adams. And uh, she got to go to Washington, D.C. on a uh, two-and-a-half-week college course where you go to every place. And she got to tour a lot of the places, including Gettysburg, as she was instructed by the college professors up there in Washington, D.C. It was a great thing for her to win. All we had to do was pay for her flight to go up there. And uh, just an all-expense-paid course. Uh, she got college credits for it and everything. But... Uh, one of the things that I've been told about is, of course, they have a World War II memorial, the Vietnam Memorial, and all it's called is the wall. The wall. Why? And I've seen pictures of people leaving things at that wall in different places, and people take a piece of paper and a pencil, and they'll put it over a loved one's name and etch, you know how you do with pencil and paper, and that name would come through off that wall. But you see, in our text today is a memorial. And two times in our text, and I want to uh, you quickly to look. What are we teaching our children? In verse 6, it says that this, and when he erects these stones, this stone memorial, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What mean you by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. These stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Now, if you will... It says in verse 9, and they are there unto this day. You know what I would love? I'd love for that, them to find that. Now, they set up a more, two memorials, one in the Jordan River where the priests stood with the ark while the people passed by. The other one when they went over to Gilgal in the very first town 
that the Israelites possessed over the Jordan River in the Promised Land was the town of Gilgal. And the word Gilgal means thy reproach is taken away. Thy reproach is taken away. Which means you've suffered in the wilderness. Now thy reproach is taken away. You've come over here and tell your children. And then if you look on down, it says whenever they pitch the, the stones in verse 20. In Gilgal, he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers, different memorial, in the time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over. And as I look at memorial, under if you have your outline in, in the bulletin, Roman numeral 1b. Now this is the big difference. I went and I looked, I saw that very nice memorial in Oklahoma City. And I've seen other memorials. I've never been to Washington, but they've got a, a buku of them there. And the, all of these memorials are reminders of things men did. Men that gave their lives, women that gave their lives. Memorials are about what men did. What, what about this memorial? It's about what God did. There's a big difference between... Now look up there on that wall up there. We have a lighted cross. And did y'all know that almost exactly on the opposite side of that cross, on the outside, is another cross on the other side of our building on the brick out there? You know, some of you have cross jewelry. Some of you have... Now, 2,000 years ago, none of you would be wearing that unless they thought you were a sadist. That means somebody that celebrates death and torture. Because that's exactly... I mean, that's like walking around with skull and cross bones and, and uh, something else. Uh, somebody that celebrates death and torture... You see, 2,000 years ago, that's what the cross represented was death and torture. But now, we think the cross, that's something to be celebrated. Because why? It's a memorial, really. You know, it's a symbol. To us, I mean, back then it represented death. To us, it represents life. Now, we also have another memorial that we do here at Promised Land in every church that believes the Bible. And that's called the Lord's Supper as a memorial. To remember you to show the Lord's death until He come. I think about these memorials. And these are things that we need to teach our kids. Sometimes we need to teach each other. Memorial. Look at these other scriptures with me quickly. Exodus chapter 12. And I just want you to see the common theme, the common thread that is found in these verses. Are What are you teaching your children at home? Now, folks, <clears throat> my uh, I've shared this with you before, and it was a lot of fun. Matter of fact, I've got it in my office. I've, I can put my hand on it right now. If you walk in my office, it looks like 
an unorganized mess. Every now and then I'll pick up, try to uh, unclutter it, but I know where everything is inside there, so don't go moving my stuff if you ever go in there, okay? And uh, But I've got my lineage to my great-great-grandfather who was the sheriff in Batesville, Arkansas, William Fike. And it was really neat when me and my dad did all that, went back through Albert Reese, and then he married Annie Fike, and her daddy was William Fike there, and a sheriff in Batesville, Arkansas, my dad's, you know, Thought it was neat because he was a 30-year state trooper and and uh, just a neat lineage with uh, <clears throat> the law enforcement. Still looking forward to planning. I've had a lot of good feedback on the law enforcement and uh, firemen's banquet. Lord willing that if uh, we yeah, the church allows me to finish planning it uh, there in September. Uh, some good feedback. I, I hope we can honor them in conjunction with the uh, the tonight study. Matter of fact, starting out, I don't know if Robert's just going to introduce it or even teach it tonight. Uh, courageous, fighting for our families. Just some great study material and our BTC class. But in looking at this, I think about what my dad has taught me. You know, he, there's all of you, a lot of you are, are more proud of your heritage than others. And you can, you know who your grandparents and great grandparents were and are. And you can pass that on down to your kids. You know, if you, if you so choose. But I ask you this question this morning. What are we passing down to our kids? In Exodus chapter 12 and verse 26. The Word of God says this, And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean you by this service? And it's, of course, talking about the Lord's Passover. What does this mean? Did you know, folks, just like today, I took three minutes to go over this and I asked. Now, some of them knew. Some of them didn't have a clue just because I know they're young. What do the colors mean? What do the stars mean? What what state do we live in? I don't know. You know, Hamburg. That's where we live. And uh, so whatever. But think about that. Now you say, well, they'll eventually get it because they'll be your age. And you know all that stuff. But what are we teaching our kids? Again, we can teach them about our country. But can't we pass on down biblical principles to our kids? What mean you by this service? Also, Exodus chapter 13 and verse 14. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all of the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. And uh, verse 14 says, And it shall be when thy son asketh thee in the time to come, saying, What is this? What does this service mean? That thou shalt say unto him, By strength of the hand of the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of bondage. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 20. 
Again, what are we teaching our kids? What are we sharing with them? Deuteronomy 6 and 20. And when thy son asketh thee in the time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? 613. It wasn't ten commandments. Those were the first. But there were 613 commandments. And guess what it says there in Deuteronomy chapter 6. The kids are saying, I don't understand. Well, it's been since then 4,000 years. 4,000 years since Deuteronomy. And guess what kids are still saying today? I don't understand. (laughs) What does all this stuff mean? And so I ask you, have we dropped the ball? Have we dropped the ball in what we teach our kids and our grandkids Again, God's desire is for the man to lead. The, it is, the you say, well, the, I thought the, there's more women teachers than there are men. You know, I, I tell you, I got to admire uh, Brother Jason Johnson mm, taking on the challenge of teaching pre-kindergarten in public school. Wow, I mean, you think a lot of times that uh, it's only the women are supposed to be teachers. I was talking to... Uh, to, to Karen and some other people that work in elementary schools. And uh matter of fact, they started a program in lower and upper. Now it's just all elementary school. And it's called uh, Watchdog Dads. And the premise is good. I don't know if they're going to keep it up or if they still got it or what. And the premise is good and it's so true. Here's the premise of Watchdog and, and I volunteered when Evan was here. Uh, I got him to go up there several times. I've been up there 20, 30, I'm talking about just as a watchdog dad. Not as many as some people. But uh, there's watchdog dad. Here's the premise. And that is to see men there on the campus and to see them taking a hand or a role in those kids. And they're not only they're showing like protection but instruction, guidance, they can ask a dad to come in and help with a class if a dad can take off a day. And if dads, if, you've, if they've still got that program going on and you've never done that, is a great, even if you say, well, I don't have any kids or grandkids in elementary school, it is great. It is great just to go up there and volunteer. An hour. Uh, I remember one year I helped, helped tutor first graders uh, up there at, Noble, that's probably about all I could handle. But uh, first grade education, I can, I can handle that kind of math and that kind of so on. But guess what? You're making an impact. And that's really what's missing. There's some kids whose dads are totally not involved in their life. And they wouldn't know the role of a dad if it bit them. They wouldn't know. Because dads, a lot of times, don't get involved. They're maybe too selfish. Maybe uh, you say, well, I've worked 50 hours at the mill all week, and if I get a day off, then I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not spending my time babysitting. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of dads are MIA, missing in action, because when they do have time off, it's all about them, uh, unfortunately. 
That's more common among dads than moms, but moms too that it happens to. To let your children know what God did. That last part, you're showing that you're trying to get people to realize a couple of things. I want to point out to you, and I know I just got you for a few more minutes. Y'all hang with me. Y'all are doing great, okay? Verse 14 and 24. Now, I'm back in, in Joshua 4. Joshua 4. Verse 14, it says this. On that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him. As they feared Moses. Now you say, well, is, are you supposed to fear? That'd be like me being a leader and you fearing me. It wasn't a fear like I'm scared of Brother Michael or I'm scared of Moses or I'm scared of... But you know what it was? If that's God's man, I'm going to respect him for the office that he holds. Kind of like President of the United States. You may not always agree with our president. May not always even have to like our president. But we do need to respect the office of the president. And it's the same principle here. If that's God's man, if that's God's man, then I need to respect him and his God is my God. And that's what he's saying here. The people fear Joshua. You know why? Because that was God's man. That was God's pick. And, that, and that's why they feared him. And then it goes on. So everybody gets over there. I want you to pay real close attention that that's the way God works. He says, I created everything. I could force you to bow, but I just want you to choose to follow me. And so and then in verse 24, he brought everybody over. He brought the first group over the Red Sea and the second group over the Jordan River. And then in verse 24, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Don't stop. There were no chapters and verses when Joshua wrote this down. Verse Chapter 5, verse 1, what does it say? And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites and were on the other side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites which were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, their heart melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Folks, you see, God did it with a purpose. He wants everybody to realize and to know that He's God. It's not a, life is not about us. What are we teaching our children? They need to fear the Lord. They need to fear God. They need to bow before Him. They need to respect Him. That, folks, He was Moses' God. He was Joshua's God. And as Joshua said at the end of this book, Joshua 24, 15, he said, Joshua said, listen, you have been yin-yin. And he says, drive everybody out. But they wouldn't. They just wanted to make compromises and contracts and leagues, which means agreements. They didn't drive out all those Amorites, Hittites, and Termites and all them other people. They didn't drive them out. They, they compromised with them. 
And he says, if you're going to allow the people to stay here, you're going to start going to their churches, which teaches worship the God of Baal, worship the God of, of sissies, worship the God of idiots. I don't know the names of all their gods. Do you know what Joshua said in Joshua twenty four fifteen? He told all those people, he said, you choose. Now, remember, Joshua's way up over 80. And Caleb is too. Remember, they were the two that came back with a positive report. And they lived. Joshua says, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the God of the Amorites, Hittites, or Jebusites. He, you know what and he said? But as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. You see, that's what are you doing? You're passing it down. What are you doing? You're saying there's choices out there, but there's only one choice that matters. And the whole point is right here. It says set up a memorial. They set up a memorial. And then it, guess what? The Jordan River went back over it. It's probably still buried under mud and silt today. They set up a memorial in Gilgal. Maybe God will unearth that thing. It's probably covered over with sand. But I bet you it's still there. And there's a memorial in their hearts. And he said this, whenever they came over on dry ground, not muddy, they didn't have to stomp the mud off when they got to the other side of Jordan because my Bible says they came over on dry land. And they got through marching over on dry land. All they did was, as they said, praise the Lord. And we need to tell our children about this day. It says... That all the people of the earth might know. I put in our conclusion to see God's works. And basically this, I, I, I've got to turn over here and read this. In Matthew 5. There's some things I want us to remember. That folks, the only God that people in Ashley County know or the God that you represent, what kind of God are you representing? In our text, in Matthew chapter 5, and verse 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works. How you act, that's all that means, how you behave. And they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. So, there's a lot of people out here. The only good works they see, they see Christians. If Christians act like that, then why do I want to go to church? Is what I hear people say. Since I've lived here, when I'm not picking on you because it's every church I've ever pastored. Every church I've ever pastored. People have told me in the community where I've pastored, if people act like that, then why do I want to come to your church, Brother Michael? Every church I've ever passed. What do I do? But not everybody in Promised Land or any other church that I pastor, it doesn't matter. Pick any church, any church in Ashley County, any church, it doesn't matter. Every church is full of idiots. Some. It doesn't matter. Our church... But we've got a lot of people in promised land that are trying, they're just trying 
to do their very best to serve the Lord. And then we have people that are bringing shame on our church's name. I'm just going to tell you point blank. You want me to water it down? Or do y'all want a preacher that waters it down? I can water it down if y'all want me to. Or I can just tell you straight up. We got people that try. People that act one way in church and act non-Christian-like when they're not here. And does it hurt? Well, sure it hurt. I mean, I was talking to Karen about, uh, and every teacher that's here talked about uh, uh, teachers uh, have a code of ethics. People in public service have a code of ethics. And every, whether it be teachers or public servants, if they're one way at work and another way outside, it, it reflects. It reflects. People say, well, you can't tell me how to live. Well, you can't even work for a company without having a drug test so they can tell you how to live. And how much more important is the church of the Lord God that we ought to act like this book says we should act. Live the way this book says we should live. Yet we think, well, that's none of the church's business. It is. It's God's business. It's the church's business. That this may be a memorial. God did some great things. The greatest memorial He ever did was on the cross. And He left it as a reminder to us of His love. His love. The Bible says this, the greatest memorial and proof of his love is Romans ten thirteen, And you know what it says? You ought to know this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. Whosoever. As we get ready for a hymn invitation. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer, Father? I thank you for everybody that's here this morning. I pray that we are teaching and reminding our loved ones, our kids, our children, our grandchildren of your love, the greatest memorial that's ever been given. It's whenever you paid the price for our sin on the cross of Calvary. You gave your life so that we could live. Father, if there's anyone here that's never given their heart to you, if they were to die today, they do not know where they would spend eternity, whether it be heaven or hell. I pray that they would give their heart to you. Father, if there's any church members that are here and they're not living the way they should live, I pray that we would repent. We would just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I need to do better. I need to be a better example for others so that I'd lead people towards you instead of away from you. Father, help us to live for you because it's the right thing to do. It's what you expect of us. Help us to do it because we love you, not for any other means, not to show off in front of people or try to put ourselves above anybody that we're not. Father, help us to live for you because we love you. In Jesus' name, Amen.